Hey, look, he laughing. Gotta say my hood, nigga. Hello. What's up? What's up? What's up? Yes, sir. I am here. We are here hey, with King man. Williams. You can find some of his work on the Supporter Reporter, uh, OG Atlanta publication. Most definitely some of his thoughts on the idea of West Midtown. You should check those out. But I do want to introduce uh, King Williams. King Williams, could you please introduce yourself? Please. Hi, my name is King Williams. I am a filmmaker and a journalist. I write for the Supporter Report. For you people who don't know, it is a sister organization to the Atlanta Business Chronicle here. I am a filmmaker. I used to work for Spike Lee. And I also have a, two documentaries coming out next year, one of which will be on PBS entitled tentatively titled Eastlake, which is about the story of public housing in America through the Eastlake Meadows Housing Project. And I have another one I'm self-distributing called The Atlanta Way, which is a documentary on gentrification and how we got here in Atlanta. Oh, man. Got to shout out Spike Lee, Morehouse brother of mine, you know, Morehouse. Look at this Morehouse man. Hey, man, but we got to... Over here rubbing his shoulders. (laughs) You know, we here, baby, yeah. Damn this shimmy. What it do, baby? (laughs) But, you know, this is my homeboy, Napoleon. And this is my homeboy, Twan. Man, this is my homeboy podcast. podcast. We got a... Uh, hold on, what was that? I got, man, I just had to do it. I like the reverberation, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, what is that? Oh, they stacking? Oh. Okay. Like, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. We got, <laughs> <laughs> we got our homeboy, Andrew, in the house. What up? Oh, he got oh, some oh, lights hey, today. Yeah, hey, that was, that was a lively what up. I ain't never heard that Normally one. Normally it's... What yeah. up? <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey man, we got we got we got my homeboy King, got my homeboy Drew, my homeboy Eric in here, my homeboy Napoleon. Yeah, Eric gonna step in when he feel like he gonna say something. You know how he do, man. How that uh, Disney Plus subscription going though? You, man, you loving it? Look, man, Disney Plus has taken away from my YouTube hours. You, <laughs> at work, at work. YouTube has sent me an email said we miss you. Come man. back. <laughs> they sending them static emails like, hey, you, we saw you were watching this. Would you like to finish it? <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you what uh, what I hear ten times a day at work. What? Do 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 Bash you on that one. You're right. X-Men yeah. hard, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. That yeah. X-Men intro is hard, bro. Bruh. And then I'll I was watching uh, when I was on YouTube again. Kevin on stage was like, yo, the X-Men intro. And I told you this. Whitney Houston, uh, I'm your baby tonight. Bruh. Yeah. Did not know that. Mind I can't mind. unhear it now. It's, it's the same song to me. And I, and uh, I'm you hear it now, right? Man, I never even thought about that. It's just now. Bruh, Which like, one came wow. first? Oh, uh, that's a good question. I mean, maybe the night had to come first. Maybe. Uh, that X Men cartoon was like 91, 92. Well, like, I mean, you know, Manny Fresh did flip the Power Rangers. Like, <laughs> so, like, that was crazy. Was possible. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, we need to Google that. Either but, way, that shit's fire. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Most definitely fire. Especially, you seeing Wolverine, Magneto, Cyclops, yeah. Jubilee. They all just running around. She's shooting stars out of out, out her fingertips. I was right, about so to say I'm, something else. I'm Your Baby Tonight came out in 1990. Okay. Uh, I got X Men probably beat by like a year or two. Then Ooh. they had to be close. Yeah, nah, they similar. I'm, okay, my, you know I'm on, I'm not on Sprint today. Let's see. Hey, look, man, ninety two. I'm your baby tonight. Came out first. It did. All right, all right. Yeah. yeah. Hey, but I'm, I'm. We can't talk about TV. We can't talk about cartoon TV <laughs> intros without talking about Tailspin because the drums on the intro for Tailspin went made crazy. Bro. What? Oh yeah. <laughs> Tailspin, oh we that went, bro. Oh we oh we tailspin. Okay, whatever, man. Bro, then he came in like, hey, 
All Tailspin doing, went, bro. I, when I was a kid, man, I thought he was just <laughs> speaking in tongues, bro. I, just, <laughs> I thought he caught the Holy Ghost on the track, bro, and they left it on there. It was like, oh, man, what's going on? I don't know. I'm just moving. I'm a three-year-old <laughs> kid. <laughs> yes, Lord. Yes. Yes, Father. Tailspins. Oh, I see why you made them Baptist comments. <laughs> you ain't Baptist, man. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah. So... <laughs> So th- that's all the good with Disney Plus. I do want to talk about some of the bad with Disney Plus. Oh, they shows on there suck. I looked it over. It was all like nostalgic stuff. They had some new Star Wars show that didn't have any Jedi in it. <laughs> it don't. <laughs> nah, I'm just like, so I'm not who the fuck I'm not watches a, a show for like the bench players? I'm not a Star Wars person. I've never seen any oh, of I'm not really, but I watch but, some goddamn Jedi. I feel like with, the Jedi with Star Wars is the... Oh, he do too. <laughs> but I feel like the Jedi is the whole reason of Star Wars. That's right? the only. Right. That's the only redeeming I ain't quality the of Star LeBron. Wars. Like, I'm, get out of here. The only, bro. We disrespect. Uh, man, Star. You want to know why Star Wars is whack? Because they always they either building the Death Star or destroying the Death Star right. in every movie. It's, well, so like, it's bro, like the And this then. is the one thing I never <laughs> understood of. about Star Wars: if the Jedi are the baddest motherfuckers walking the, walking around in the galaxy, why the fuck there's so little bit of them? Like. <laughs> Why is there at least two or three? They're elite. So clearly I've never watched any Star Wars. Nah, I didn't see I've seen the six six movies. Because the Death Star was the only part of the, like, the original. Oh, you a lie. Because it's, uh, 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 huh? it's in Rogue One. Right, but that yeah. was. That yeah, was I guess that's original. Yeah, yeah. The original. Okay, so it's in uh, Rogue One on the first one. Way. On the very, I'm talking about episode one, The Phantom Menace. They have the blueprint for the Death Star. Like but at the end, no, no, they. Uh, I said they either building it or destroying it, bro. It's okay, it's, okay, it's okay. six Star Wars movies. They probably destroyed the Death Star in four of them. That's crazy. That yeah. how you, bro? How you? They, they, no, no, they destroyed. They destroyed in one movie though. But no, so no, 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 no. Dead serious. Luke Skywalker destroyed it in episode. Four, I believe, was that episode four where he shot it and it was like, oh, it's like shooting something on Tatooine. All that. He did that. And I like then the fact that y'all laughing at each other about this. this and then on the fifth one, it was like, oh, <laughs> that we destroyed the Death Star. And it was like, oh no, it's still operational in a whole different movie. Bruh, Star Wars only destroys the Death Star. <laughs> so I used to like Star Wars until I realized they only so destroyed the Death Star. So is that the plot of Star Wars? To- this, yes. And there's barely any Jedi. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, wow, How bro. the fuck you only have so little bit of Jedi and those baddest motherfuckers? That makes no sense. Jedi, bro. It don't. Man, oh, man. this one, is, see, I told you the tangents is, it, is crazy. Is it 100 Gandhis? Is it 100 Mother Teresas? Wow. Oh, no. Wow. Oh, no. Sorry. Is it 100 Gandhis or 100 Mother Teresas? You only needed okay. one Goku, but still. <laughs> Come on. But how many Saiyans are there? Well, they say the same thing about Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z. Hey, hey, Goku yeah. done made up for it. He two cool. real Saiyans. <laughs> the rest of them have breeds. Right. Yeah, that's true. Way yeah. to be racist, Twine. Way to be racist. Like- <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Coming from breed. my light skinned Morehouse, brother. Come on, man. I, I, I can imagine as much. How's that racist? <laughs> say that half breed. If you're a half Saiyan, half human, you're what? Man, what about the one drop rule, though? Oh, come on, <laughs> Well, we know how Disney feels about Well, no, we don't know how Disney feels about well, racism. We don't know how Disney feels about blacks. We know but, how you feel about the Jews. Yes, yeah, most we definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it was uh, littered, throughout, littered throughout some of his uh, uh, content, wasn't I it? I don't think it was littered. It, he literally based his content. 
That's what it was based off yeah, of? Yeah, so, so in the article I read in a YouTube video I watched, because, you know. At work. At yeah. work. You uh, paid for it. Like, they, they said, you work for YouTube, right? Like, no, nah, I don't work for YouTube. <laughs> like, you know, as many times I said YouTube this episode, uh, you can, de- uh, my cash app is dollar sign Twan Lack YouTube if you're listening. <laughs> hey, man, it might but, be his birthday. But no, Send the, man um, some. The, the articles I read, they said that, uh, if you notice, uh, generally cartoons, if they had an occupation, they had one occupation, Popeye the Sailor. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They said that uh, he was trying. Disney was trying to poke fun at the Jews for having multiple jobs. And every time a Mickey Mouse cartoon came on, he was a different occupation. He was a pirate, a fisherman, a, a you know, a policeman. Like if you watch the older cartoons, Mickey had several jobs. So you hating because I'm like uh, financially diverse. You know, this, I, I know I got six sources this of income. Ain't me. This is Disney. And then also with the um, the white gloves. White, what's the white gloves? The mean? white gloves actually come from the minstrel yeah, shows. Yeah, how they gonna do all that? Oh, wow. Yeah, the minstrel shows. Like so, so it, so it didn't. So they with the you know back in the day when they did the animations, it's not like they had computers and iPads like they do now. They literally drew out frame by frame, and we do photography. You know, sometimes in one second you can have anywhere from eight to sixteen frames. Right. So they wanted a quicker way to actually um, draw the the hands. Without having to be so much details, so they put gloves. So they, somehow they came across. Let's put white gloves on it, like the minstrel shows. Ah, there was I, also they were saying something. I should have rewatched. They were saying about their appearance with the uh, with the all black body and the white face. That was supposed to mean something as well. I can't I'm not gonna speak on it because I can't remember. But That's yeah, crazy. Disney mad races, homie. Well, you, I knew. I know. Watch, like Family Guy. They they anytime they mention <laughs> Disney. They make jokes about how he hate the Jews. I did not know that. Yeah, didn't, well, no, Seth MacFarlane isn't a Jewish person. I think he is. He's not. Seth MacFarlane is the most not something person, but he is something. I think he's gay, but he's not gay. And then I think he's like Jewish, but he's not Jewish. But I mean, he what definitely. Is, what is me? What but, is me? But. Huh? What is me? He's gay, but he's not gay. He's Jewish, but he's not Jewish. But no, because I mean, clearly, because he like musicals, bro. Like he made the joke one time. I think they was roasting him. They was like, "Yeah, it's no way." It was the funniest joke. Stephen McFarland started laughing. It was like it was on. Uh, it was somebody's roast, and he was just like, "Blah blah blah." And there's no way that somebody could. And Seth, please come out. There's no way that some a straight man could like straight this many musicals because he always like incorporate oh, musicals yeah, in his yeah, shit, yeah. Like, like on musicals. Family Guy and that one. It's uh, what do you call that shit? It was like Galaxy Quest, but it wasn't Galaxy Quest. You remember it was on Fox. Um, the, the, uh, the Orville, not, the Futurama. not Futurama. Yeah, it was, it was, the Orville, the Orville. Or- Orville. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they had like a musical thing on that. He just always, I don't know. It was just. A I'm thing. highly offended because I love musicals. <laughs> yeah, you did say that. You did say that on an episode. Like I'm like, what musicals? <laughs> I mean, but you a jolly, jolly big guy. So I mean, I can, you know. But um, nah. <laughs> What, what, I, what I was saying, I forgot what was going on. But, um, oh, yeah, outside of the racism that Disney displayed, he also, like, well, he didn't, but I know they always put, like, sexual innu- innuendos into, like, Oh, yeah, the, the content. subliminal messages. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, Andrew, did you get a chance to look at any of them? Yeah. Did you see nah, any of them? not at all. Well, was, see, I don't even notice it until people, like, point it out to hey, me. Hey, King, you said you didn't notice until we talked about earlier, right? Yeah, I, I had heard the thing about Little Mermaid before, but I didn't. Like the other stuff you were saying, I, I had no idea what that was about. Yeah, so I was telling them, you know how to educate my brothers here, man. If you, uh, in the Lion King, they spell out the word sex in the leaves in the sky. When 
when Simba run away from Nala and he fall down the leaves and the leaves go to Rafiki. Before the leaves go to Rafiki, as soon as they get in the air, they spell out the word sex and then it dissipate and go to Rafiki. Man, I remember like a lot of stuff. And then like I know in cars they had like a topless bar. Really? Or something. Yeah, it was a so it was a so no. Okay, what it is is in cars they had a convertible bar, is what it was. It was like top down bar, all waitresses convertible. So it's like, bro. Oh, so they, yeah. yeah, they talking about like a strip club. So I right, know, right, like, right. I know a lot of times they'll put like little stuff in there, and in all cartoon media, just because. So my understanding is sometimes it's for the parents because the kids, like, if it's words, kids can't read. At, well, some kids. <laughs> Who like, kids? No kid left behind. To a certain extent, okay. like, they, you know, then you're watching a kiddie movie, you can put like, oh, okay, this is. You, a joke, the kid won't get it. So I know sometimes they put sexual innuendos in there for the parents and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to sit here and bash Disney. I don't want to ruin everybody's childhood. So real quick, let's go around the table. Let's start with our, our homeboy King. Your favorite your favorite cartoon growing up. It can be Disney, non-Disney. doesn't matter. Just cartoon. Uh, or show you watch as a kid. It was a tie. It was Actually, it was like three-way tie. X-Men, the animated series. Yes, sir. Batman, the animated series. And then I used to love Animaniacs. So those three, like... Animaniacs were hard, bro. That's a hard three. That's a hard three. I ain't gonna lie. You remember the episode, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They did like... Number one, I like Jeopardy as well. So they had... Man, shout out to Alex Trebek. We do have to say that. Just because... Because you brought it up. And I just... I mean, I like Jeopardy too. I actually got some answers right before. And that's probably what made me start liking (laughs) it. But yeah, continue. Yeah, man. We, you know, we praying for Alex, man. Y'all don't know if you know, but he uh, diagnosed with cancer. Yeah, he is. Yeah, so... so We got to make sure you go through that. You know, thoughts and prayers with him. But they did on Animaniacs. They did an episode with... uh, uh, the category was like 50 states and their capitals. And uh, which one was the young one? Wacko or Dot. Yakko? Dot. Not oh, the, hold the on. Male. It was Wacko, oh, Yakko, and Dot. So Wacko answered it. And he did a song doing all 50 states and capitals. And then he got it wrong because he didn't form it as, he didn't put it in the form of a question. <laughs> I remember that episode. You know, I do. That is crazy. It was the hardest thing to me, man. And I passed that test in fifth grade singing Wacko. I used to like uh, Pinky and the Brain. Pinky and the Brain was lit, bro. Yeah, they had their own spinoff. Yeah. I, I thought that was all. Yeah, okay. It's crazy that Animaniacs kind of look like the old school Mickey Mouse. Well, I, I think yeah. they. But if you look at them, they kind of. There's like Warner Brothers Mickey Mouse. Yeah. You look at them. Yeah. yeah. Well, what's favorite cartoons from you? If you got some. Uh, I'd say X Men, Batman animated series, but I will say Tiny Toons. Oh, that was Tiny Toons Adventures yeah. was lit. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Yo, that was hard. They only thing I didn't like about that. So, you know, I was born in Hampton, Virginia. Yeah. And then I started gaining weight as a kid. So they started calling me Hampton J Pig. No. Yeah, that was like Dang. one of the hardest. You know how you remember insults? <laughs> yeah, you can't get rid of that it. one still kinda hurt. <laughs> just saying it out loud again. He's just gonna put that back into the universe. Yeah, oh, yeah, I mean oh, you're man. a brave dude. Now I'll see y'all later. I, I'm, I'm hey look, I'm finna <laughs> just go ahead and transition this real quick. So some of my favorite I gotta be eclectic. <laughs> I gotta be eclectic. Some of my favorite uh, cartoons. I don't know. I'm going to say Pirates of Dark Waters just because people going to be like, bro, I remember that show. And then I don't remember that show. You don't remember Pirates of Dark Waters? You remember that game? Nah, I didn't even know this was a Andrew? show. What's that, anime? That's a nice one. I do. <laughs> that's that's a good one. Man, y'all. Okay, so I don't remember Pirates. What about uh, Cowboys of Mumesa? 
And nah, what type was, of cable I, did you have? Anime person? Or bruh, no, no don't. y'all don't remember these. These are Saturday morning cartoons, bro. I don't bruh. remember those. Yo, okay. I didn't have cable. What about Mighty Ducks? Y'all remember Mighty Ducks? Yeah, I remember Mighty Ducks. All right, cool. Like, Mighty there we Ducks go. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I'm going to say some, I'm going to say some, like, cartoons. That was your favorite, the Mighty Ducks cartoon? Nah, that's, it was hard. I'll say Gargoyles. How about that? Gargoyles was it. I'll say Gargoyles. Everybody know Gargoyles because it's on Disney Plus. Okay. Yeah, you watched it when you were a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ. With, with the hey, and I like the fact that uh the main character was like that black dude that's always bad, like Nunu Daddy. I don't know his name. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like Keith David. Uh, maybe yeah, I don't yeah. know his name. Keith but, David, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, but yeah. It was like, bro, he a lead <laughs> character. And then you know what I'm saying? He yeah. had the little Latino good hair chick. Not no good hair. There's no such thing as good hair, but he had her and he was like this whole gargoyle <laughs> thing. I'm like, bro, this Shit, lit. I just love Gargoyle. Oh, man, that's terrible. <laughs> Twine, what about you? Man, y'all finna clown me, man. You know, I know I love musicals. My number one favorite cartoon growing up. My Little Pony. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Damn. He, he tried me, folks. <laughs> yeah. We gonna be short of homeboy next week. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. Alvin and the Chipmunks, man. Oh, uh, man. Oh, man. Like, that was... Cause they sang every episode, bro. I used to watch their movies. I yeah. used to beg my mom to buy the. Uh, they used to do the infomercial where they sold CDs covering all the. Uh, man, whatever, man. Nah, the, nah. Christmas time is one. coming up. Yeah. That Alvin Christmas album was lit, bro. I ain't even gonna lie, bro. Yeah. You know, and they did Billy Jean when you, um, one on CD. Yeah, bro. You know that was me. But uh, also the uh, second place will be a, a, a tie between the Kid and Play cartoon and the MC Hammer cartoon. <laughs> Oh, I forgot yeah. about him. I didn't know he didn't even have had a cartoon. Had a show. Bro, what? He never had a cartoon. Bro, yeah. he had them talking shoes. Yeah, the talking shoes. shoes. Yeah. Like, the, the, his talking shoes turned him into Hammer Man. Right. He, he had his balloon pants and everything. Yeah. yeah. This is, this I gotta is, find this now. Bro, it's it's like on the, YouTube, bro. It's, it's on YouTube. It's like the All-Stars. Like, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird. Oh, and Bo Jackson. That was my third one. And Bo Jackson. That came on Sundays. Did it? Did it? Yeah, because I barely got to watch it because I had to go to church. Oh. I remember. Yeah, I remember. I was like, bro. Fox like, had this whack Peter Pan cartoon that I used to like too, though. It was after Hook uh, came out. You know, okay. what I'm you know how big movies come out and they go yeah, ahead yeah. and do a cartoon to feed off of it. So yeah, uh, I used to watch. I didn't really like it. Um, I think the best movie spinoff cartoon that they had was Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice was lit. That. that was yeah. good. That was yeah. good. Beetlejuice was lit. You think about Ace Ventura had a cartoon. The Mask had a cartoon. Uh, what about Richie Rich? They had a cartoon. Oh, I remember. Hey, look, I didn't and like then, the then I got to say Mad Max. I got to throw Mad Max out there because that was a that was a hard cartoon. I used to watch that every morning before I went to school. Yeah, uh, maybe because I didn't have cable growing up. Man, it was like on five. I didn't know Max. I didn't know they had a show yeah. for that one either. So I clearly just super like eclectic shows for real. Like yeah. Before I was trying. Now I'm not. Like, nah, <laughs> like, yeah. like what? Are you homie? Y'all ain't okay. So y'all Man, remember? This was like that 3D cartoon, wasn't it? Nah, it was the one where he had the hat, and then it was like he could time travel or something like that, and he had like a big M on his shirt. Y'all don't remember that? Shaw no. Oh, Mighty Mouse, Mighty Mighty Max, or something like that. No, I was talking about Mighty Mouse. Nah, I was trying I to Mighty Mouse. Oh yeah, <laughs> I remember Mighty Mouse. Oh, okay. what about Bonkers? Y'all remember Bonkers? Nah, yeah, I remember Bonkers. Bonkers was hard, went hard yeah. too. All right, Bobby's World. Then how about that? Okay. I remember that one. Yeah, Bobby's World was cool. But what's really need to come out is like we naming a whole bunch of cartoons that ain't on any streaming platform. You know what they need to put That's on Disney true. Plus? The famous Jet Jackson. 
Bruh. It's not on there. Uh, Bruh, Silverstone is not on there. Bruh, I thought Silverstone was a real show when I seen it. What is Silverstone? That was on the that was, that was who he was, yeah, like yeah. the famous oh, Jay Jackson. Oh, yeah. bruh. See, that's why they need to put it on there. <laughs> I forgot about Silverstone. Yeah. Oh, nah. Disney has some hard movies, too. I ain't even gonna lie. Like, bruh, the best, my favorite Disney movie, like straight up Disney movie that never went to theaters, Summertime Switch. Summer, okay. People love that one. That I was think a I great love, movie. Love that one. But they also sang in that movie. No, I like oh, Summer Sounds. It's not a musical, but they it's sing not a musical, but they so, do sing. So, uh, man, I almost said Jason Waters. His name's not Jason Waters. Jason Weaver? Jason, Jason Weaver. Jason Weaver. I went to oh, college with Jason Waters. That's why. I remember Summertime Switch. Summertime Switch was, like, super lit. Yeah. Yes. It was Jason Weaver and the kid from uh, Bobby's World. Not Bobby's World. Boy Meets World. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Ryder Strong? Yeah, yeah. Ryder Strong. Yeah. That was a hard movie. Yeah. And then it's like one of them is, like, rich and then... And white, and one of them's poor and black or impoverished and black. Oh, or I can't believe class they did that, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's the 90s. It's fine. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. But, nah, Xena, hey, look, okay, so I talked to you. I talked about you and your musicals, but Xena and Girl of the 21st Century and Cheetah Girls was both lit. I ain't even gonna lie to you. Both of the movies, no, nobody? Yeah, no, bruh. Z nine was lit and Cheetah Girls was lit. Yeah, I didn't watch. Raven Simone was looking right as a Cheetah Girl. Like that was to me, Cheetah Girls is the first okay. Mean Girls, and I know every woman listening to this podcast is like, "Oh my gosh, they was." Cause, bruh, Cheetah Girls was lit, bruh. I ain't even gonna lie to you. Okay, it, I used to get them confused with Three LW. So, no, no, no. Seriously, two yeah, the, gr- like, the yeah. two girls from Three LW. Once right. they kicked, uh, I was about to say Tasha. Look him, <laughs> or, or is that wrong? <laughs> she played Lil Kim. What's yeah. her real name? Notori not Notori not when they kidding Notori out yeah, she the girl they became power. Cheetah Girls yeah. okay cause I was like when did yeah. when did 3LW get a TV show like now I was like okay <laughs> they need like, to do something yeah, to make money they kicked the singer out right, <laughs> right. and then Raven Small was like what's happening so I never right. got into I just assumed they had a TV show so. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't watch it either. Halloween Town. Yeah, we didn't watch Thirteenth uh, Year. I can you name these. You didn't mention your other uh, your other favorite show. Uh, what Sailor Moon, boy? You know you. Oh you, yeah, Sailor Moon used to go in. You that, still got your Sailor Moon skirt? Nah, no, no, <laughs> never. But that that Sailor Moon, because I remember Sailor Moon, Green Dragon, and then Double Dragon used to all come on. I used to watch that every summer before yeah. I went outside. Double Dragon was a hard cartoon. Though. <laughs> Double Dragon had it. Yeah. Yeah. What, what was the? Uh, oh, the Shark cartoon. I didn't really like. Oh, it. Street Sharks. Street Sharks. Yeah. Well, I haven't heard that name in a long yeah. time. Yeah. Street stars used to go. So we just going to talk about cartoons as well. No, episode. no. I mean, we could. Yeah, I was, we could, low key. I was saying, like, they ain't got no streaming platform for none of these shows. So, Don't like, I'm Disney wondering. Here, they'll find out. So, so one more <laughs> I'm thing wondering before we move win. on, man. I heard a rumor. I don't know if it's true. Don't quote me. But I heard since Disney Plus came out, Netflix about to strike a deal with Nickelodeon. What? That makes sense, though. That is hard. I would do that. That Think would make about sense. All the old Nickelodeon shows that we can't watch anymore. Wild I, and Crazy uh, Kid, Double Dare. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's the Temples of the Legend? Le- that was my jam. Yeah, Legends, eight, of, the Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yeah. Oh, bro, yeah, nobody yeah. ever got the Silver Monkey or whatever nobody that monkey did, thing. They just, like, just die. Like, <laughs> like, bro, nobody ever beat the game. So you know how we talk about kids these days for watching YouTube and watching kids play video games on YouTube? Nickelodeon had a whole game show Bruh, where you watch I was kids just about to say that. video games. They need to come back out with that. What show was this? It remember. was like a game, like, and you had to like play the video game, and then and they if you beat you it, in the game. Yeah, yeah. Like, bro, it was hard. It was they hard, need though. to come back out with that, especially with like Fortnite now. And it's like early '90s, so the graphics are terrible. I don't remember this at all. <laughs> oh I need to man, find this. It. 
It's nah, so good. I didn't have cable, so I had to like legit had to go to somebody else's house to actually find it. And I stayed at somebody's house all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My mom thought I played football for six years. Uh-uh, we watch the TV. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Man, <no. laughs> when your game, oh no, no, they canceled. <laughs> it said too hot outside. We can't play. <laughs> Man, nah, they need a, like they need to come out with well, that for a. Uh, speaking of, can't go outside. I mean, we can't play outside. It's too hot. What? Colin Kaepernick was in Atlanta this weekend. Yeah, I was. I just had something else nah, to say, man. but it's cool. We can just go ahead and go to Cap. Cap cool. Cap cool with me. Yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yes, Cap. You know what they say? No Cap. Yes, Cap. Yeah, for him. Yes, yeah, Cap. Yeah. But so, did anybody attend the workout, hear anything about the workout, hear any news, anything like anybody that? Anybody watched the workout? I watched, yeah, I watched it, watch I, it. I saw a few highlights of him throwing passes. The yeah. whole thing just came off like a joke. Came off uh, like a joke. It, it, like orchestrated sir. like drama for the NFL outside of the actual like games. Because I watched leading up to the workout, I watched because uh, I watch a lot of sports talks radio. So I was into a lot of the former athletes they had on there, and a lot of them was talking about how it was a sham to begin with. Because granted, they had the experience of going through tryouts and workouts, trying to get employed. They were saying they would usually meet at the location for. For Hoover, they're scouting. A lot of these scouts are spending Saturdays going to college games to scout the new upcoming talent to go into the league. And then and I even had receivers or heard receivers complaining, like, nobody knows who receivers are listed. or, or Yeah, I heard type. he had to fly his no, out. There was no type of structure to the event. Everything that came off, like, they were just, hey, Cap, we're going to give you this shot on this day, and that's that. So no, that was that was his beef with the NFL, right? Because he requested the receivers, they didn't give him any. Uh, well, they never gave him the list. He uh, that's why he flew his own receivers out, right? He requested to allow the media and his film people to come. Right. And the NFL was like, "Nah, we good." It just made came off like a big. And then the NFL wanted him to sign a waiver before the uh, before they let him throw a pass. And he in turn wanted them to sign an injury waiver. What's an what? injury waiver? Uh, I have no idea. Drew, what, in case he got hurt or something during I, it, they yeah, were liable. That can that can happen though. Oh my god! That's See, like I, I've never had respect for Cap from the beginning. I, That's like I, basic workman's comp, though. That is, he ain't employed yet. He's going for even, an interview. But here's the thing: even if you're applying for a job, like even in Hollywood, when when, you, when we have somebody applying for like an audition or something, like you have a basic level, you're responsible for that person in your in your tenure, even if you don't. Oh right, right. So no, that's right, like, that's right, a right, basic right. thing. So that's not anything out the, the realm of like weirdness. <sighs> he, yeah, he don't like no, that. Yeah. It's not, it's not that. No, I already have already sold what my whole. <laughs> no, like, I, I, part of me is on Cap's side, but then part of me, I'm just looking at it like, I just think the whole thing was a sham and a joke uh, from, from both ends, both sides. He's switching the venue. I'm like, I get that, and NFL come and find me. It's like, shut the fuck up, dog. Well, I, I mean, so, so, so NFL scouts, so I didn't know at first. I didn't know last night, but I, I did it this morning. Six teams did go down to South Atlanta. Right, it was like well, not six, South right, six or eight or, or whatever. They said, said six teams did make it down. At yeah. least six teams made it down there yeah. to watch them throw. Right, and it was organized. I watched it. They they had the you know the sheets of all the throws he was going to do, play action, deep balls, the out route, all that stuff. So uh, he looked good. Uh, I'm was, ex- I would expect him to be able to make those passes though. You said look, you look, don't expect him. I would expect him. Look at the conditions he's throwing the damn football. I mean, but a lot of players don't. 
make those passes man, at their pro you can days. take man, somebody looking at forms, off though. the bench who's played quarterback. He could have done that, go out there and do the same thing Cap doing. He's throwing it in good weather. This nigga's in gym shorts, T-shirt. <laughs> Bro, we talking about, like, we really talking about, like, a tryout. Like, we not saying put him in the game to see if he could get a job. Like, so, what, essentially, what it's like a pro down? day. And if you go to a yeah, college like pro that's, day, that's what it, yeah, there's that's, quarterbacks at their college pro day, good weather, gym shorts, their receivers they've been throwing to all season. Of course he can run throws. a 4-3. Ain't nobody trying to tackle him. Like, <laughs> duh, yeah, that's the point. We want to see how fast he can go. Like, they looking at form and, and potential. Like, they, I'm pretty sure they got calculations on figuring out okay this is what this is how long it took for him to take three steps back and throw them and release you know what i'm saying what did cap do <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. I, was, I was just mad at the, at the beginning that like, cap started his old protest when he started sucking oh so you like police brutality i never said Damn, i did or not you just, <laughs> i never you said, said i did you legit just said I you never mad said that he I protested did. uh no i'm mad he protested when he was trash he was, there he was, was no impact. He was coming off the Yo, bench. Cap I mean, did not do anything to stop cops from harassing me. <laughs> he brought awareness to it. Oh, okay. Are we going to do this? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was yeah, like, I thought we were having a conversation it looked, it looked, about. I know people can't see this, but I was like, I hope they ain't going to swing on each other. Y'all got real, <laughs> y'all got real swing, but like, for a minute. Like, nah, like, nah, when I talk about stuff, I, I tend to like, okay. my voice tends to go Andrew's up. very passionate. Okay, now that's cool. I can't Like, when we were talking about the girl from Texas, uh, what? Remember when we were talking about the, the chick from Texas that, uh, oh man, you got shot in her living room playing video uh, games. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Day, yeah, man. yeah. That was like episode four. Andrew was about to cry. Check it out. Yeah, yeah. you should have been yeah. for that. So that was nothing. That was, just, <laughs> okay. Hey, this is my own boy, Andrew. He's passionate. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nah, I can't cool help it. <laughs> okay, cool. That's why hey. I always introduce myself so low. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. he already know where it's going. Yeah. I ain't hyped yet. His intros are dry, but his uh, his, his opinions. <laughs> okay. But no, nah, I feel like the whole cat workout thing kind of was, like you said, contrived. Not necessarily a sham, but it's just like, bro, they working out. And it seems like however it started to happen, it was a favor that somebody didn't want to do. Like, hey, bro, like you see some food on somebody's plate and be like, hey, bro, I can get one. He'd be like, yeah, man, go ahead and take it. Like, they didn't want to do it, and it feels like they that whoever told the NFL to go to the tryouts, it was like they were forced to go to the tryout, not like they actually wanted to scout and see if they could pick him up or anything. Like, it was just like some – Man, I, they they making me do this. So that's kind of what it seems like. And then it fell apart or however, whatever happened this weekend, and he ended up practicing at the high school or, or throwing or interviewing or whatever you want to call it at the high school. So it just seemed like that from the beginning. It, which I respect because he's controlling the narrative. That's dope. It yeah. came off like both of them are trying to control the narrative. Yeah. That's why I think it and, was And if you – from um, – you know, I like Cap. So from Kaepernick's perspective – if you have this organization who's already colluded against you once, control the narrative on your workout, oh, Cap was trash. He couldn't do this. Or they'll probably send the lowest level scouts who don't even know what they're looking for. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So with him being able to control the narrative, have the media there, making it open to the public, people were able to see he has the ability. So there's no excuse. I wasn't impressed by his workout. Didn't you just say you didn't see it? I said I saw the clips. Oh, my bad. But they showed. So you didn't see it. 
Yeah, so you didn't see the whole <laughs> no, thing. No, I'm not impressed by the clips I saw. How many? I word it correctly. I'm not impressed by the clips I, I mean, saw. I would expect him to do that. I mean, I mean, I mean, so what you? So, 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 what, so, so what, the, what was he supposed to do? That's the whole point of the. That's so the whole point to prove that he can do it. So he was supposed to fly? Like, what, <laughs> like what you wanted him to do? No, nah, my man. I he's thought supposed to be impressed. He's, he's supposed to throw the ball and catch it. They showed he ain't even hit somebody in stride when he was throwing a deep ball. So you wanted him to bring 11 defenders. <laughs> no. Right. Can you hit a receiver in stride if you throwing a uh, fucking fly route or something? So did, did he not throw the ball right or the receiver didn't catch it right? Which the receiver clearly had to slow down and turn around to catch it. And that don't happen in the NFL? Nigga, that wouldn't be a good pass in the NFL. Because you're it, supposed to hit a receiver in stride for it to be a good pass. So that receiver can actually make moves with the ball. Okay. Especially if you're going to hit him in but space. But what if it's wide open and you just got lofted to him? Just get over the heads of the defense. Uh, okay, dog. I guess. Um, yeah, that's what I was going to say. There's different scenarios because sometimes you, like, there, there were, I guess. I, that, that's a, King, how do you feel? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> About the Colin Kaepernick workout, do you feel like it was uh, bad for the him or bad for the NFL or like just a just a, a, a like they like they said a dick measuring contest between him versus the NFL or what? Yeah, I did not hear that before, so that is the first time I heard that phrase related to Kaepernick in the NFL. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah. I'm learning more new things every day. <laughs> uh, but no, so. I, I, to be honest, I haven't watched football like that anyway. Even before the protest started, I just, I'm not a big NFL kind of person. I'll root for my home team, the Falcons, but like. I'm sorry. I don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> hey, look, I, we I, don't, I don't own the team. Like, we don't, that don't mean nothing to I me. Mean, you kind of do own them. We I don't. You kind of own the stadium. How long yeah. you been in Atlanta? I don't. Arthur Blank owns that stadium. But who paid for it? Yeah, Arthur exactly. Arthur Blank paid for it. Nah, taxpayers paid nah, for the nah. stadium. Okay, let's, can we take a pause for that for a second? Because I like when people say that. All right, so quick thing. So that $300 million that they got from taxpayers actually is a part of a, a bond that was passed in the 96, for the 96 Olympics. And so that bond was for any particular stadium or upgrades to the World Congress Center in lieu of like either hosting another Olympics again or a major event. The Falcons saw that nobody had used it for like a decade or so. And they were like, all right, cool, City of Atlanta, get, come up off that money. And we know it's going to cost X number of dollars to do it. So the city of Atlanta was like, you know what, shit, we're on the hook for this because it is by law if they want to upgrade either the stadium or get a new stadium or upgrade the Congress, and we have to do it. So that's where that came from. And but it was, it was still taxpayers' money? No. Um, okay. It actually comes from motel tax. So mm-hmm. when people come in hotel motel tax, that's where that money comes from. But the city will eventually – they still have to pay for a lot of stuff. Like they pay for that pedestrian bridge over it. That's like now – that was supposed to be $23 million, Now it's $41 million. <gasps> And they had right. to close and $23 million was kind of crazy in the first place. And the crazy so part was that $23 million could have, because there was, not even four years ago, there were six years ago, there was an article talking about $30 million could have helped Vine City, which is the neighborhood that's right there, build like affordable housing for people. That could have went and <clears> built, $41 million could have built essentially a home for every poor person in Vine City, but instead we built it for the bridge. Yeah. And so that motel. That wasn't on time for the, the Super Bowl. Too, this is the part where people talk about the motel tax dollars. That motel, $300 million could have went also to Atlanta Public School. So that's the part where the public financing could have went to something else. Or it could have been used for something else. So that $300 million or so that the Falcons got. And essentially like motel, hotel taxes could have went to something else. And so that's kind of where we are right now. It's one of the reasons why the Braves actually left to go to Cobb in the first place. Because they knew the Falcons were going to get that money. And they were like, all right, we know the city's not going to give it to us twice. Or give out two subsidies, which if they would have stayed, they probably would have got it. But then that's the reason why they moved to Cobb. So, oh. 
Did not know that. I'm yeah. glad. I'm, I appreciate that side yeah. note. Yeah, that, yeah. Or that aside. That, that aside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, you know, I know what a side But back is. to the Kaepernick thing. <laughs> uh, I, I, I like, I don't understand why the NFL did it like now they should have done it. At the end of the season or the beginning of the season, it kind of like weirds me out. Yeah. That's why true. that happened. Um, I think that for Kaepernick now, I, I got to do full disclosure. I know some people who are closely affiliated with that camp. Mm-hmm. And I knew that it was happening. I was with one of the people who were close with that camp. I was with like the same way we're close. I was close to that person when it was happening in real time and hearing, okay, this is where we're going to be at. This is what we're going to do. So I knew that was going to happen. I didn't understand the big deal about it because again, I just have not watched like football like that. And not even just for like protest. I just generally don't watch it. Yeah. I and just so, kind of, the protest kind of yeah. spurred me to not, me personally kind of spurred me to not, I don't know. Football is just kind of like, it's all right now. Like, it, I don't know. It's not even that it's all right. I it's still just, enjoy it. No, I mean, I'm not against people enjoying NFL football. I don't yeah, like the politics about how people are using it to put down one thing or switch the narrative. Like, the man did a silent protest for his own reasons. Like, leave it at that, right? But everything that's exactly. come with it has been kind of like bullshit, and it, it didn't need to happen and go this way because there's people who generally support Kaepernick who also support wearing the flag, who also support the NFL. And, like, there's a whole spectrum of people where – Right. It's, like, it's like, people on both sides. So yeah. then when they argue about it, it's just like, like as if it's – my bad, I'm cutting you off. No, no, Continue. no, no. I'm with you. You can cut me off because I think that that at this point we need to cut the Kaepernick conversation off. Period. And I think that, to be honest, I I do think he ha- he deserves a job in the NFL. Yes, I think he could easily be a backup anywhere. Will he get that job? Probably never. And the reason why is because at this point he had an out of court settlement with the NFL on collusion. Do you know how rare that is to get a, a to get collusion on something? Is like one of the hardest things you can do in business. And right. the fact that the NFL is like, all right, we're going to, like, settle out of court on this, I'm like, he's never getting a job again. So I think that at this point his best move might be to, like, just either go on the philanthropic route, do another sport maybe, play in the, the – what is it, the XFL, the Canadian Football League. But you're not going to probably play in the NFL again. Yeah, I do want to highlight that you just said that collusion is one of the hardest things it to get. It is extremely and, hard to do. But the RICO was, uh, cases just be, like, coming, like, out of nowhere. Like, you really could just be around somebody, and they could just get you for nothing. Like, just because you was – I ran in the car with them on a Saturday, and we went to go get some Popeye's chicken sandwiches because that's what niggas do. And then now I'm in jail. Like, that's kind of crazy. But, I mean, you know, I don't – that was that was my aside. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so the whole – Cap thing, Drew, Drew. You got anything else to say about Cap? Because I feel like he didn't get everything nah, off the chest. He can go play flag football. <laughs> I guess he said he looked he looked great. He could go play oh flag football. God. I mean, I guess cap. so. So for I'm you, been over for, cap. So for you to see that, he would have had to. He, so he got to win the Super Bowl before you think he can play in the nah, NFL. Nah, man, or? should he be in the NFL? Yes, but like with all the media and all the questions and attention he was gonna get. I knew they were going to put him in there because his play dropped off, so they, they had a reason to get him out. He so wasn't worth the trouble at that point. I can't really say his play it dropped off. His play dropped uh, off. He, ES- wasn't, he wasn't getting the wins. ESPN, he wasn't getting the wins. ESPN actually compared the eight games that Kaepernick played with uh, 49ers once he came back from injury with, his, with the first eight games that Jimmy Garoppolo played with the 49ers. Right. And Kaepernick had better numbers, and they had the same amount of wins, same amount of losses. I said losses, losses. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> they had the same amount of losses. Garoppolo is also a lot younger than him, so you're going off of more potential with a younger player. Mm, he's also a lot whiter than him as well. <laughs> well, obviously, Kaepernick's he plays only quarterback. Half white. All right, but I I don't think that really had that much to do with it. Oh, 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 oh. 
Listen, y'all, y'all might need to move to the next subject. I don't think this is gonna go nowhere. Rock and roll, please. Y'all like, y'all like two dudes in a barber shop right now. Like, hey man, welcome to my homeboy podcast. Yeah. Nah. So while while we on the topic of football, what's up, buddy? Who hit dude with a helmet? Miles Gary. Blink. Like that was crazy, bro. That was that. I seen it. I thought it was funny. Like I didn't. Man, I mean, I honestly wish Miles Garrett could have like really got his hands on. So who? who so who's Miles Garrett? Miles Garrett was the the, the DB? defensive end. For okay, the, the DB. My bad. The defensive, <laughs> defensive end, end for uh, the Browns. Defensive end for the Browns. And then exactly. what was the quarterback's name? Mason Rudolph. Mason yeah. Rudolph. Okay. So now that everybody knows what happens, I'm pretty sure they seen the clip. So like, yeah. what? Like, how, what? What's your take on Andrew? We're gonna go to you first because clearly <laughs> you have you have a. A ten toes down opinion on what you see, what happened, and what's your take on it? Oh well, and what would Garrett, Ka- what Garrett? would happen to Collar Kaepernick if he was the quarterback? Nah, I'm bullshitting. Just nah. go, oh. <laughs> just go. Oh, he would have <laughs> go. got lumped up too. But um, <laughs> my opinion is Miles Garrett tackled him. I think it was a regular old play. Rudolph got mad about it, and I kind of think Garrett was trying to rub it in his face that the Browns finally beat the Steelers. It's a rivalry, and then. Rudolph tried him because he tried to pull off his helmet, and then Miles Garrett was like, "Nah, you the bitch. You missed the most important Damn. step in that. What was the most important step? Miles, not Miles, Mason twisted his balls. Did he? Oh, he grabbed his nuts? Well, yes. That's new information to me. I did not see that. Yeah. Grabbed his wow. nuts. Yeah. Yeah, wow. he... he yeah, nah, I you mean, gotta swing on him on GP at this point. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I understand they got rules now. I'm swinging on him too. Yes. Like, man, I was I was having my so, Garrett went at him. So he went he, he went for the nuts, then he man. went for the helmet. Man. Like, you know. But I, I but the way the media reacted with it and the coverage, I think it just goes back to societal problem. Cause like Halbert Hainsworth put stomped somebody's head, put his cleaning somebody's head up, head who was on the ground with his helmet off. He only got six games. But this poor little white quarterback got hit with a helmet. Yo, we're gonna suspend this guy indefinitely. I he think got suspended his, indefinitely. Were you yeah. talking about for the for the rest, rest of the season? No, no, he's no, indefinitely. He's indefinitely. He's indefinitely. Like, he's he ain't coming back until they decide. Yeah, they got to talk to him. And but but because I believe it was like that little bitch ass white quarterback, that's why he got the punishment he got. If he had did it to some other lineman, they wouldn't have done it. I'm, this is when I want to see the NFLPA step up because at this point, this is your only job is to represent the interests of the players. You got to step in at this point. Like, and um, yeah. who was it? Um, Max Killiam. He said that the rule for using your helmet yeah. as a weapon by the NFL bylaws is a one-game suspension and throwing out that game. That's, bro, and he got suspended and, and indefinitely. And legitimately happened. He and used so the they legitimately could have suspended him the next game then. Yeah, so, so he's supposed to get. He's supposed to be yeah. thrown out that game, and then a one game suspension on top yeah. of that. He's either going to be reinstated or they're going to just pay him back restitution. There's almost no way, but the NFL don't want that kind of legal smoke. Not that, right now. that that's crazy. So to me, when I seen it, it just looked like the quarterback. I mean, I feel like that the NFL is breeding these type of quarterbacks because it's like you can't touch the quarterback, you can't tackle the quarterback. I mean, that's part of the reason why I stopped kind of paying attention to it too, because it's just like, bro, it's not. Rock 'em sock 'em football no more <laughs> unless it's like unless you get to like a lineman and and a and a running back that's the only time people actually want to see a hit, a blindside hit or something people I remember seeing whole clips of it's still on YouTube you can go you can see like blindside hits in the NFL and people watch football for that reason because you just get seeing people get smacked 
that's and now it's like you don't want to see a quarterback get blindsided no more. Like, nah, that's what they sign up for. That's why they get paid the most, and that's why they're so intellectual and all this good stuff. Pay them to hit them. I mean, they get paid <laughs> to get hit, bro. Like at the end of the day, everybody in the NFL get paid to get hit. Like I don't care what you try. Like yeah, you running the routes, you doing this, you try. Like Tom, Tom, man, Tom Brady done took one of the hardest hits I've ever seen. And I'm not even a, like, Tom Brady, Patriots, or Robert Kraft fan, but Tom Brady is a football player. I don't, yeah, you don't even Tom see Brady that happening. Tom Brady got a lot of respect. That, he would have never did the actions Mason Rudolph took. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, bro, like, come on, man. Like, Was if, that a backup quarterback? Yeah, Roethlisberger out for the year. Okay. Yeah, yeah so it's just like, for me, this, this is like, why is it? I don't even – that and once again, I don't even see how this is an issue. Is the NFL literally that obtuse? So they're letting these issues like, or or these issues happen and they don't know how to deal with them, or are they letting these issues fester because they want people to watch the NFL? I think they are letting these issues fester so people can watch the NFL and have opinions and talk about it. I just feel like it's just they doing it so people can talk and it's more storylines. Like, yeah, it's just like whack. Like, bro, I just want to see people play sports in a in a in a professional way. Yeah. So that's why I kind of just. So you just want to shut up and play? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, would you, no. Would you, would you no. say in the bullet? That was funny. That was funny. <laughs> but no. <laughs> no, no, I'm ignoring Andrew, bro. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's just like, bro, they be doing too much. Like, come on, man, this is not necessary. Like, this this isn't an issue. Like, it's a court. They got into a fight on a football field. He got binked with a helmet. Like that's like Bink. what would uh <laughs> what would uh le, le, not le, not Latario? Le, le What's the dude name? Lawrence Taylor. What would Lawrence Taylor like if this happened in Lawrence Taylor area era of football? Wow. This would be a non-issue. No. Like it would literally be a non issue. Ain't nobody trying to LP either. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Ooh. I knew. <laughs> Ooh. But still. No, hold on. We got to take a pause for the moment. How you get Lawrence Taylor and Latario confused? I don't need. I, I mean, but I, I thought we was taking a pause for 121 Dreams. You know what I'm saying? My homeboy, mobile podcast service is 121 Dreamers on Instagram. So that is 121 dreams. Way yeah, to dodge the smoke. <laughs> <laughs> Way to dodge it. Hey, man, we get one We get one free card. Like, hey, just go, <laughs> just go pull it out when I need to. Yeah, man. <laughs> Flag on the play. <laughs> don't get it confused. It's 121dreamers.com. Uh, I'm sorry, 121dreams.com. Yeah, don't get it confused. 121dreamers <laughs> on Instagram and 121dreams.com. Um, ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what we're doing. Hey man, it look like we got some uh, extra extra time. What 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 we got? Oh no, we don't. We definitely have to talk to King about gentrification, opportunity zones, okay. And um, then I kind of do want you to touch, like I was saying, on that topic of the idea of a house because I feel like that's very uh, innovative because a lot of times people like combustible vehicles and now we're going electric uh people are talking about meat and now everyone's going vegan and it's just kind of like the whole mentality of keeping up with uh, is it the 21st century are we like the, the times the, at the yeah. times but is the 20 are we past the 21st century yeah we're in the 21st century oh okay yeah but yeah the 21st century just so yeah. just keeping up with that all yeah. right so I, I guess we'll start there so for people who don't know so i'm very active on twitter and instagram pretty much only if you ever follow me so it's um i am king williams on both of those i usually routinely post about three particular things one of which is urbanism which is the aspect of like it's urban planning culture and history so that all kind of 
fits into urbanism as well as stuff like construction and real estate, but it's all a part of urbanism. So the overall branch of stuff like that is called urbanism. Um, I also talk about gentrification, which is similar. Uh, they, they're cousins to urbanism, but that it has its own set of rules. And the other thing I talk about a lot is just about Atlanta stuff. So like uh-huh. um, one of which my recent post today is I don't know when this comes out, but I did a long, 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 long Instagram post, probably like eight minutes long on Instagram, just about it was long. Like I see your face. like It was long, <laughs> but it was really touching on a bunch <laughs> of things. One of which is this notion of a house. And so particularly like this notion of the suburbs and how the idea of the American dream was like a manufactured one. And so people, for a lot of people, it's the first time I've ever seen it. So everything from the idea of white picket fence living in the suburbs to having a house with a great front yard and a backyard are all things that have come from other places throughout American history. But it wasn't really until after World War II on that notion of the suburbs becoming the ideal. And then so for the last couple decades, we've kind of been trying to replicate that. But in doing that, it's actually really bad for the environment, really exclusionary for a lot of people. And going for exclusionary. exclusionary. Yeah. Oh, so that's good. So, all right. So do you want to know the whole history? You just want to know why you think why it is now? Because that's why it is now, I guess. Okay. So the suburbs, the idea of the American dream, not necessarily the suburbs now, but for the most part, it's exclusionary because most of the people who actually think they're going to get the American dream probably won't get it. Just the numbers don't bear that out. Um, and the reason I bring that up is because there's a couple things. Um, inequality is growing, right? And then on the business end, like the Trump tax cuts, I don't think the average person really understands how much that's going to impact. Most businesses, we know for sure now, like in t- 2018 and now 2019, most of the, the revenue that should have been going back into reinvesting in companies just went back into either the form of share buybacks or dividends or just being yeah. hoarded by the company. And most of the jobs that are growing are low-wage and service jobs or task-based jobs or contract con- contract-based jobs. So what we're seeing is like this idea of like, I, I drive for Uber, I work a contract gig as a, a software employee. All of those things are things that essentially will eventually keep you out of the middle class because your your finances aren't stable. And like the symbol of the middle class has always been the home with the white picket fence in the suburbs. Even today, even millennials and Gen Z still see that as, but the numbers don't bear that out. Millennials own homes less. And it's not even they own homes less, like they don't live in a home a solitary unit of their own. Gen Z's are going to be about the same, even slightly less. And so the whole post is about, like, we need to start rethinking what that is, plus the environmental impacts of just, like, everybody having a home in the suburbs. We just, we don't have the numbers for every person in America to have the same one-acre lot. Like, the numbers, we literally do not have enough space for that. So it was, like, the, the those two things running in conflict with each other in real time. Well, I have seen a post, or mm. I don't know where I got it from. I've seen a post saying that, the whole world, like, could live in Texas if we had like a like a I think a cubicle like a so uh, like, like a cube yeah like a cute like a I think let's say a, a one I, bedroom apartment or something? a one bedroom apartment okay. or something like that everybody could live in Texas alone just because it's like you, the whole land use and all that good stuff yeah so like we we don't necessarily use our resources to America like, efficiently as they could doesn't do that well at all like that is. America does a lot of things really, really good. Land use is, like, not good at all. And so that's where that kind of factors in. At. And I know you were saying something about the red clay in Georgia, yeah. too. Like, so I want to – so since that's uh, exclusive <laughs> to Georgia and, uh, you know, saying that Georgia red clay, red dirt, all that good stuff, I, I kind of wanted to have you talk about that. And uh-huh. how you said – you said it was not quite soil and it's not quite – Dirt. Okay, yeah. So I bring this up to you guys. When you see people digging up things, mm-hmm. do you think it's dirt? Do you think what do you think when you see people like digging up construction sites? 
Oh, you just see the ground they see and picking up. Is it dirt to you when you see it? Yeah, or? I always just say that's dirt. Look at all that dirt. Okay, and what about you? I just think it's the ground because I know clay can come from the ground. Sand is there's different types of yeah. like dirt. Okay, what people consider dirt. Right. So now that's a good question. Most people, like ninety nine percent of people, will say like it's all dirt, right? And dirt is essentially like it's something that it can no longer produce life. And so that's going to be like we're, for the sake of this argument, we'll keep it super simple. If you see something that's dirt, it is something. It is something that was either formerly soil, formerly sand. It's some aspect that can no longer create or host life at this point in time. So that is very different than what we have in Georgia, which is clay. And Metro Atlanta, as well as Augusta, Carrollton, Rome, even a, a like far east as Augusta, Athens, all those places in the Piedmont region. And so the Piedmont region geographically is one of the most most geographically unique place in all the United States. It's at the end of the Appalachian Mountains. And the, what we call dirt here is actually, for the most part, clay. And clay in Georgia, anyway, is a form of topsoil. And, like, it's a form of soil. We do have soil, but the clay here is actually an offshoot of soil. And the reason why it's red clay in particular is because all the granite deposits and all the iron oxidizes. And so if you know anything about oxidizing, it it rusts, right? And when it rusts, it turns a different color. Mm -hmm. So the actual brownish-red clay is actually a result of all that, yeah, the rust. Because what normally would have been soil, but for so long, so it goes like this. So you can't see this home. So there's a top layer where we think about our soil and our grass. Right. And so the next layer would be like our grass. And then underneath that would be the soil that typically holds the grass. And then, but the case of Georgia is weird because it kind of starts off like soil, but then it becomes clay real fast because underneath that is just so much layers of granite, like since the day, the dawn of the dinosaurs, so that all that oxygen, all that nitrogen builds up and it turned uh. everything that would have been soil into clay. So instead of it being completely like normal clay, which you just think is like wet rock and mud mixed together, it's actually just soil that's been oxidized. And so it's one of the reasons why our trees in Georgia only grow to a certain height. It's the reason why we only grow certain types of crops in Georgia, in North Georgia anyway, because of all the oxidization. The reason why I posted this in particular is because Metro Atlanta gets more flooding than any other place in, like, the southeast. Like, man-made flooding. We're not talking about, like, from, like, natural rain. The reason being is because the one thing clay really does do well is, like, soak up water. water, yeah. Like, really well. And so every time you see a new development in Atlanta, whether it be a stadium, a parking lot, a, sh- a Walmart, whatever, we're actually stripping not just like that initial top layer of soil, we're removing the clay. And so when you start doing that, the thing that actually retains water really easily is gone. And so when you replace it with grass, most of the grass we're replacing is like nat- nat- native to Georgia, and it's not a lot of times native to the United States. So that could be like seedlings from like the Arab Peninsula, seedlings from like West Africa, seedlings from Europe. And so when they grow in that grass, that grass is not super settled. And so they just put like some, they literally put dirt in a top layer of soil and then a, a layer of grass. And so when it rains in the subdivision, you can have a whole subdivision flooding. Or in the case of Six Flags, when Six Flags gets flooded all the time because the thing that was meant to hold it, which was the clay, is no longer there. And Metro Atlanta now, we've done that so much, it's actually done two things to our environment. One, we, we made it really hard to like retain water. So we flood everywhere, not just in the city, but if you're in Cobb, it doesn't matter. It floods pretty easily. Mm-hmm. The other thing is that, because we replaced with concrete, and this is very concrete and asphalt are two different things, but we replaced them with both. Concrete in particular, it creates this thing called a heat island effect. I don't know if you guys have heard of that before. Yes. So the heat island effect is like whenever heat hits something, particularly concrete, because there's con- the base of concrete is actually rock. And so mm-hmm. it heats it up like if you like an oven, it retains the heat. So in the summertime, when people talk, it gets really hot in Atlanta. Yeah, you can cook an egg. Right. Mm-hmm. It, like it, it, well, you, people, New Yorkers talk about it, it's so hot there. What happens is the heat never leaves that building, or when it does, it's like very, very little. 
And so what's happened is since we don't have that layer of soil, we don't have the trees that come with the soil, and now we have a lot of stuff that's in concrete, what's happening is it creates so much heat in Metro Atlanta. Some, a normal 80-degree day now is like a 90-degree day. And that's also been caused of one other thing, which is moisture. So when it gets super hot, things get moist. And we know it rains a lot here in Georgia. The, other, the reason why we know this is true, there's a guy named Marshall Shepard um, at Georgia Tech. He is a professor. He's one of the few black people in meteorology. He does a whole thing about weather knowledge. Because we've done that so much in Metro Atlanta over the last 50 years with regard to building out our suburbs the way we have, it's actually caused different pockets of Metro Atlanta to actually get more rain than other pockets. So if you live in West Cobb or Northeast DeKalb or South, the southwestern section uh, of Gwinnett, you actually get more rain because of how it's developed in other parts of it, this, the metro region, just because of how we're doing it. And he argues, too, like the way we've been going about pursuing the suburbs, we need to actually really reconsider and I'm one of those people like Marshall Shepard is. I understand people want to live in the suburbs. I'm not even, like, knocking that. But the way we kind of develop that actually does need to change because our environment is telling us, like, we really need to start changing now because it's only going to get worse. Like, the, to, to, to look at another flood that happened that was kind of, like, more problematic because of man-made, the same things we're talking about, which is removing soil, adding a lot of concrete. When Houston got flooded, one of the main reasons, Houston's very flat in general, and it's mm -hmm. almost sea level. The problem was when they tore down so much to build up Houston, they keep expanding, the same problem happened in Houston, and we saw how dramatically bad that is. And that's one of the first times in U.S. history where we've seen that pursuit of suburban type of development actually like really like lock out a lot of people and essentially flood a major city where the flooding should not have been nowhere near as bad as it should have been. Just decades of bad like suburban design in Houston essentially allow for more flooding. And so my post was essentially a long way about that, just giving more details about that suburban ethos of planning actually does need to change for the sake of everyone involved. Whether or not you live in the city or not, whether or not you live in Atlanta, most of America lives in the suburb. This is like a statistical fact. You can look this up. But most of the suburbs are poorly designed. And so I think right now that is something we actually need to start thinking about right now. And part of it is just like changing the mindset of what the suburbs look like and what the American dream looks like. When they build like energy efficient homes, are these things in taken into consideration now? Like generally, like you know what I'm saying, like new new stuff come out, then people yeah. do it. But do when they make an energy efficient home, like do they take into account like the water levels and the flooding and all that good stuff? Or it depends on who's developing it. Um, most energy efficient now is about saving customers money, in particular from um, like, and then also like keeping the house cool or like hot. So they're not for real like thinking about the water for because like going into the ground is just so expensive. Like most companies don't really want to do that. So most of the homes right now are kind of like the foundation is still the same. It's still a concrete foundation for the most part. And then like everything else about the house is like more energy efficient, which is a start. Like I'm not going to knock it. It's, it's a good start, but we still got a long ways to go. So I got a question. What will you think would be the, I guess the, uh, what will be your solution? What do you think your solution would be? To what? To uh, suburbs. It's Okay, that's a good question. I don't so want to necessarily make it seem like suburbs are a problem, but, you know. Okay, the design of the suburbs actually do need to change. And actually, there's a great place in Metro Atlanta, if you guys have been to it, called Serenby. Uh-uh. I have not. I'll look into you it. You know, at the, we'll have to schedule some go down there. So Serenby is at the very end of South Fulton. It's at the border of South Fulton and Coweta County. But it's spelled S-E-R-E-N-B-E, -E -E, so Serenby. Um, it, it was a restaurateur. He cashed out, him and his family. They bought one farm, and now they have about 1,100 acres, and they bought another 1,000 acres. But what they're doing is they're giving people the suburban lifestyle they want to, but they're putting good urban planning into it. Um, and so I think that could be the future. There is a couple knocks to Serenby, which I think are, like, legit, one of which is, is 
absolutely expensive to live there. And then there's some general uh, things like I would imagine it would be expensive. It is. I mean, like the entry level <laughs> home in Serenby is probably like around five hundred thousand. Oh, okay. that ain't mad. No, no, no. I wish the home. But and the other <laughs> thing is too. The reason why he but so the the people and it's based on a lot of like basic urbanism stuff, which is like everybody needs a sidewalk, right? Or everybody should be able to walk around. Every, the green space. They have a rule too, which I think Atlanta could do, which is they do two things. One, they build dense, which is like density is a whole nother conversation. But we know for sure if you want to help with like some of the environmental problems, build dense. Instead of everybody, like I said, getting a house with one acre of land in the front, one acre of land in the back, Serenby is like on that same two acres for the most part. They've managed to put like maybe 10 or 12 houses there. They get a yard, but it's a small yard. Um, and so they kind of build around that. And then the other thing is like only 70% 70 of land has to be de dedicated to green space and the environment to produce things like flooding and things like we talked about. But the 30% you have to develop, and they, they develop with a lot of good like basic plans, like having adequate signage, having adequate signage, uh, sidewalks have adequate like abilities for you to get around that you don't need a car and also if you're disabled so like if i'm in a wheelchair we don't think about this especially with the baby boomers now the baby boomers were the largest generation until like a couple years ago with the millennials it's a good possibility maybe half of them will have some type of physical ailment that either takes them out of driving or need to walk or get on public transit and so sarenby's like factoring that into the development like how many people are going to be in walkers how many people are going to be in you know, wheelchairs and stuff like that. And I think for the suburbs, taking some parts of that that work and then just taking some parts of like small town models that work too, which is like building everything closer and everything around where people actually live and work at. So the school where people drop off their kids should also be the place where you develop around like your everyday activities. So that dry cleaner, that laundromat, that washing machine, um, that place where you pick up your groceries, that should be near like a place where people are going to do things with kids. So people typically drop their kids off at a certain time, pick them up and go to do something else. If you develop your places where things are closer together and things are like geographically and like occupationally makes sense, it's a lot easier to do. Um, so those are some things we do suburbs. The one thing is too the elephant in the room with Atlanta is that we got to expand transit. Ah, uh, most definitely. Oh, transit is terrible. It so sucks here. The suburbs have to connect to transit because the suburbs, for the most part, in Atlanta, we know this for sure. Like we talk about gentrification in Atlanta, you're gonna have where some suburbs or like well, some parts of the city are really good and some parts are really bad. So people come in and move into the parts that are bad. You're gonna start seeing that with the suburbs, and we kind of see that already in parts of DeKalb County, and it's slowly happening in Gwinnett. If we want to alleviate that that bad part of it, we need to start connecting our transit with with two ways. One of which is just building bus lanes, um, and people don't think about this. Like the roads already exist, so when you build a bus lane, you're not actually building any new thing. You're just expanding bus service, and it's one of the easiest ways to get people out of their cars, reduce traffic. And help out those old, the elderly and disabled people we talked about before. The next is expanding like our rail service, and so that comes in two parts. There's MARTA, which which is heavy rail, so we know what that looks like. We know what a heavy train looks like. Right. Then there's light rail, which is the streetcar, and that's a whole nut. We can do an aside on why the streetcar doesn't fully work, but the streetcar is essentially some. It's lighter than most, and it can easily be assembled, and it's much much cheaper than regular transit. I think for the suburbs, going with like a light rail system, like if you're in Gwinnett. If you have a series of li from like Lawrenceville to like, you know, Duluth or something like that, a light rail system that kind of already exists. And Gwinnett already has enough train track already there. You could just b put the light rail system on the existing rail system now and it wouldn't displace anyone. There wouldn't be any new growth. You could put a light rail car right there right now. I do have a question because I know so. you touched on uh, gentrification and it's changing gears a little bit. Yeah. But I want to know your thoughts on uh, the Castleberry Hill area and like the mm -hmm. that uh, what's going on there. Okay, so Castleberry Hill is really mm -hmm. interesting. Atlanta's always, from its inception, even since the area has always been a party district, right? Castleberry Hill is actually one of our earliest party districts in the history of, right. of Atlanta. It was actually called Snake Nation. 
Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Did so, not know that. Yeah, it was actually called Snake Nation. And at one point, the area we know, Castleberry Hill, actually had 100 different bars and saloons there. It was so much, and it was so much, like, what? Yeah, partying and perceived vice and crime and squalor that the mayor at the time actually, like, once he kicked everyone out of the Snake Nation, they actually burned it to the ground. They destroyed most of the buildings. And so most of the buildings... When was this? This was, like, the early 1900s. So, like, the... Yeah, so this has been a minute. So, like, in most of the buildings you see now that came, like, the late 1800s, early 1900s. So, like... Um, so the most of the buildings you see now from that period, like if you notice, like a lot of buildings say 1900, 1910, there's a few from the 1890s there, but most of them are like, they got destroyed because they were trying to move the vice and the squalor in the city of Atlanta. Okay. Um, Castleberry Hill now though, for the last couple of years has been like the artists of them, particularly for black artists. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I was going to, I was definitely going to say something about the art in Castleberry Hill. Cause I've had someone get onto me about not mentioning Castleberry art with Castleberry Hill. Here's the thing. They can get onto you. I don't think the art's going to even exist in Castleberry Hill. And I want to be completely what? frank. Why? Uh, the reason being is because Castleberry that, that's so I just want to yeah. frame it for people can understand me. That's kind of crazy to me because Castleberry Hill is like, not that we have an art district, but to me, it's kind of like an art district. It's like, bro, like the whole, like tattoo, black hippie, uh, that whole. When you think about like people, like I literally thought Black Ink was gonna move there and not where they did because that just seemed like the place for them to go. So when you think about people with locks and and girls with septums and, and Erica Badu, that's that's Castleberry Hill. You know? That is. But so Castleberry is really interesting in the sense that current day Castleberry 2019 is this. The art thing you're talking about, I do think still should exist. The problem is Castleberry has two types of owners. They have black owners who typically only have black clientele. Yes. And then there are like white owners, I mean, white owners of some businesses who have moved in the area and they don't interact with any of the black clientele that could potentially be there. And so what's happening right now is that there is a new thing called Castle. I think it's called Castleberry Station that just opened up right alongside. It's on that side where like some of the lofts are like going towards Magic City. There's like a new it's some new condos. I think they started okay. about the four hundred thousands or so. And then adjacent to Castleberry Hill, there's like another new condo and another new um, revamp of like some commercial space. And then there's the Hard Rock. Um, yeah, I see them yeah, building that up one. over there like yeah. near the stadium. So all those things are encroaching on Castleberry. The thing that Castleberry has to worry about is that these things are typically developers out of town comes to have a lot deeper pockets. So when they raise the prices up, essentially if those people get priced out, like those small business owners or those people who are renting there, it's probably going to be encroaching now to be like the last place for art. The other reason I think is also art may not be there is because most of the buildings there are already being speculated and bought on. And the artist community there, while it is striving, it is black for the most part. Right. And the black artist communities and like for dollar amount are not if you don't get any type of like philanthropic dollars, typically from like your big players, like your Cokes, your Home Depot, stuff like that are actually going to those. And it's not even about the dollar amount. It's more about the signaling to because I'm in these rooms a lot of times for other events. Right. Signaling to other investors. Yeah. So they I can, can tell you spend off, money. Yeah. I can yeah. tell you off the record about some other stuff. But when yeah. I'm in like a certain. Well, I'll uh, say on room, the record, I saw I saw yeah. it on. um I saw it on. um reddit or something like that because you know the internet never tells a lie but uh (laughs) art is so the way a lot of the art pizzazz or granular came about was for tax evasion because you can go buy a ten thousand dollar piece well you can buy a hundred dollar piece of art and then in 10 years or five years say oh it's worth 
ten thousand and then write that ten thousand off on your taxes. So if you playing around with, st- I'm not saying you should or you shouldn't. I'm just saying like, so some people that get into art usually use it. So you know, some people only get into art use it for tax deference and stuff like that. So they might be a big art player, but they might also have a ulterior motive, just like real estate and other things like that too. So just kind of. So when people talk about art, a lot of times people try to make it seem like it's no monetary thing to it and it's not cool or anything like that. But, I mean, you know, everybody likes money and likes to hear about obscene amounts of money. So Yeah. Uh, The reason why I bring that up is because we have Z Gallery over there. You have City of Ink. I think there's one other one. The main thing is, like, when you look at a a healthy and sustainable art district, the number of galleries, the number of exhibitions, and the number of, like, paintings sold – we don't have enough in those, any of those two areas in particular to actually dictate to me that we're going to have a sustainable ecosystem with art. Uh, okay. um, the other one is, too, like, at the philanthropic dollars in Atlanta, when they do go to place, they typically go to, like, the upper 10% of people. Not to say that <laughs> – not in terms of talent. Not This is not a talent thing. No, nah, I, I, I already know. So, like, let's say yeah, you, yeah. you are painting or you guys are paintings and Coke gives you – Ten dollars, yeah. Coke gives you no dollars, and then Coke doesn't even know you exist, <laughs> right? The person who gets ten dollars from Coke will now get another ten dollars from Home Depot, and then now they'll get another ten dollars from Mailchimp. Yeah. And so what happens is all the art money typically goes to like those same couple of players, right? The high they museum, don't need it. the Atlanta Symphony, high museum sucks, and then well they're, uh, they're, they're, they're working on it. They're working. Yeah. On I, it. I didn't enjoy myself. They're well, on the, it. I like the. I mean, we 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 running low, but I do like the Virgil exhibit. I haven't seen it, but I like that I'm they brought week, a Virgil yeah. exhibit here. I would never think. So once again, I'm used to the two Atlantas, and it's like it would be a lot of stuff going on in Atlanta, but another side of Atlanta wouldn't know about it. It's like, oh, we're the main place for this. Like, like they would just kind mm-hmm. of be. But that's legit. Though. That is a real thing. Yeah, it was just like, oh no, this is a whole thing. So them putting Virgil in the Atlanta High Museum, you said sa- it sounds kind of crazy, but in LA would probably bring it before Atlanta because Atlanta, I mean, you know, it's all racist white people and they just like don't acknowledge shit well, that certain people do. I mean, not in a that's just kind of growing up in the South. That's what I've noticed. No, nah, it's still true. I think with the Virgil thing, one of my homegirls, she actually worked with the marketing on that one, and so that was a different market too because she has to market to the High Museum. Like mm-hmm. the High Museum's clientele, which is definitely not the people who know about Virgil Abloh whatsoever. I don't, I don't know who Virgil is. Okay, so <laughs> no, no, so all right, super short. Uh, yeah, off white. white. No. Nah, he he don't know about. Okay, so yeah. Okay, let's this, go back. This Six is my years ago, Kanye's. <laughs> okay, before Kanye, when he was you really getting off Kanye the rails. Is? Kanye West. Yes, yeah, you, you, yeah. Know you know who Vir- <laughs> You know who, you know who Versace is. Yeah, he's worked with them. Oh, okay. So Virgil is a black creative. Um, he worked with Kanye. He helped. You know every. Album cycle, Kanye rebrands yeah. himself. Yeah. The 2013 Yeezus cycle is actually arguably his most influential cycle. I think now is that's when like the Yeezy shoe comes out, the one we all know about. That was like a lot of that, like the the artistic direction came from this guy Virgil Abloh, this black guy who's now at Louis Vuitton. So yeah, my bad, Louis Vuitton. Yeah, and so that whole stint of him working with Kanye about. is what got him I don't know what the fuck this I'm thing called Off White, which is a streetwear brand, which got him a Louis Vuitton. Oh, and okay. That was also during the Yeezus period when like Kanye really started to get off the rails, and so. Okay. He got out just in the right time. So so Good that's what the exhibit's about. Yeah. So oh, uh, well, we were we were talking about um gentrification. Well, not gentr- kind of gentrification, but then yeah. the art district and yeah. how, why you don't see that, that I don't see it because there's a couple things. One, the just to be honest, like and I've I've spent a lot of time in Castle I was there two nights ago. Um the white residents do not 
no matter what the business, because they actually have some decent, like Castleberry is one of the few places you have the, the both upper, middle, and lower types of like business establishments for each person. Mm-hmm. They do not even, they don't go to any of those. Like they actually have just been out there enough to see that now like, in both physically seeing it and then like actually seeing the data on it. The white residents and the people who move typically only go to white establishments. So like no mas cantina. There's like a, a little, I mean, it's, it's like a little bar tap kind of thing on the backside of that. Ah, now. the sushi spot. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so they have not been spending money, but that's kind of indicative of Atlanta and particularly places that are gentrifying. Um, and then the available space that's right there, one of which is a public storage, which has probably like a full three or four acres of space that could be developed for something else. And then on the backside of it, it's like some of the H.J. Russell properties and H.A. Russell is one of our famous like black developers. They're already in the process of revamping theirs, but they're doing more like entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. The other available space right now doesn't have any art there. They're not doing exhibits. They're not doing galleries. They're not painting on anything and they're not building. They're not allowing artists to like just do street art. And so I, when I saw that, I was like, okay, the, and the one piece of street art that's there is like the official like, like H.J. Russell like approved stuff, which is okay, but like you have a lot of artists there. When you don't have a thriving street art scene, you can almost tell it a matter of time, like it's not going to survive. Yeah, they. Uh, so I guess they're trying to push everybody out to uh, like little five, little five points and all little that. Little five stuff. points might not even exist. So here's the thing about gentrification in Atlanta. Dang. Every place that we talk about right now, this so you're is with, depressing. Just want you to. We're gonna know. go real yeah. depressing for a second related <laughs> to gentrification and how this relates to Castleberry Hill. Um, so Castleberry Hill right now, the, the thing that's gonna probably stay off some of it is because class, Castleberry Hill is the largest concentration of black owners of both real estate. Uh, for commercial use, and also the number of black businesses and black employees in the whole state of Georgia. Okay. So, like, 2 Chains owns Escobar, right. Maya Bailey City, Inc. There's enough black owners of physical buildings, one of which is um, Alfonso Cross and his sister. They own that main strip of bars on Peter Street. Right, that's been 255 Parlor, yeah. all the good stuff. Yeah, that's been in their family for decades. They're still owning that. H.J. Russell owns it a bit. The problem is every other part that's not black owned is going to be probably corporately owned. Not even just like a white person, like an actual corporation that owns it. And so they're going to speed up the normal gentrification process by like 10 or 20 years. Magnify that by Atlanta right now. Atlanta, it's, the thing about gentrification people understand is that it comes in multiple phases and it comes in waves. Atlanta's wave, we're probably in like the seventh or eighth phase of wave at this at this point most people don't realize that and it's been going on since the late 1970s this the seventh wave was like the first large scale one we had this eighth wave though provided no recession happens is going to really what white people out and that don't mean just like black people i'm talking about people in general Uh, once you reach that later wave of gentrification that's when you have a lot more corporate dollars and you have a lot more hedge fund dollars and so we're starting to see that now so most of the big deals in atlanta are being done by people from out of atlanta so underground atlanta which was bought by wis realty which is own a South Carolina-based firm, which is known for building strip malls and Walmart. When they got that property in 2016, um, they're going to build, a, their, by their estimates, a $350 million development there. But that's from somebody out of South Carolina. The Gulch, as well as the Norfolk Southern building, that's right next to Castleberry Hill. Mm-hmm. All of that's going to be a $5 billion development, of which right Ooh. now, all of, that for, all of that for right, that's one of the worst deals in the history of Atlanta. We can go on that if you want to. 1.7 of that billion of that is going to, be from public finance, like this would you actually should be. That's direct public funds that are going to actually be going to building that development, $1.7 billion. That is from a California-based developer, CIM. Everybody loves Pont City Market. That's by Jamestown Properties, which is a New York-based uh, player. They did, they worked a lot of like um, this thing called Chelsea Market, which was like the end of the New York High Line. Uh-huh. Um, they're also doing more plays in Atlanta. The other play, so when, once you start getting out-of-town players in your market, like the everyday person, you can't compete. Even like our typical developers, with the exception of a few deep pockets, 
mm-hmm. they're not being a player. So the game right now is like, and even some people I actually have good relationships with still, like this developer Carter, which is based in Atlanta, but they're now having to even level up. They're the people who are doing like the redevelopment of Turner Field in Georgia State. Uh-huh. They're even having to level up with their level of capital as well to compete with those people coming from out of state. Um, but the, even a kicker I knew like we're going to be way and is most of downtown. So once you leave underground Atlanta, you have underground Atlanta, you have a bunch of buildings that people kind of just forget about. Right. Right. And you have like the courthouse. All those buildings are owned by one company and that company is called um, Newport Group out of Germany. So they own 20 buildings in downtown right there. And if it's not the courthouse, which is obviously owned by the city and not the state house, which is obviously owned by the state. All those additional buildings are owned by one and they're revamping all of those right now. The only reason they haven't done it yet is because a lot of Hollywood likes to use us for backdrops, but they're going to start next year. So all of downtown is essentially owned by like four different companies, not four different people, four different companies. So when you're in that phase, and not including Hard Rock, which is just being built across from, um, yeah, ca- well, uh, across, and yeah, right next stuff. to Castle but right across from the stadium. So you have five multinational, um, I'm sorry, sorry, five um, U.S.-based companies that have a lot deeper pockets than your average. Atlanta developer who might have maybe fifty dollars in available cash or a hundred dollars in available cash and um, financing versus like somebody like Jamestown who has a billion dollars. They're coming to New York. They got a billion dollars in available cash. CIM has literally like three or four billion dollars in available cash. You know, Hard Rock is a has is publicly you know in the public market. They can easily just go into debt and just like outprice you. Right. We're in that phase now to where they're buying up multiple spots throughout not just downtown but throughout Metro Atlanta and then every regional player. In Atlanta, is also now in Atlanta, and then every Atlanta-based player is having to go big. So Jeff Fuqua is building some off of Memorial Drive, which is a bad design, but it's two hundred fifty million dollars right on Memorial. Um, it's right off of the Moreland Avenue exit. So if you see there's like a big thing, um, it's right where the Bell Line is. But if you ever drive down um, twenty going towards uh, Moreland Avenue exit, you'll see oh. it's like a big, big development right there. That's two hundred fifty million dollars. All those big numbers come with real price tags. So mm-hmm. if I have a two hundred fifty million dollar development and I'm doing condos only, um, townhomes that start at seven hundred thousand because this is what they really have, and then they also have apartments that start at fifteen hundred dollars for a one bedroom. The average person isn't going to be able to afford that, and so you're going to start seeing people who normally would never have been gentrified or, or pro gentrification start moving around. And so this seventh to eighth phase we're getting into right now, gentrification is about to wipe the everyday person out if you're not within the limits of 285. Wow. So that would, like, push gentrification even further south, wouldn't it? All On, around. like, certain um, levels, I mean. Like, say if you had people at this economic base living in this area that they got priced out so they moved south, but that price would automatically go up because of the influx of those yeah. people going up. And then yes. the people at that place, they would have to move further south or – Further away from where they used to be. Yeah, so it's not just south. So we anybody yeah, who's so I was just using yeah the whole but no. Action, but so yeah. that's a good point too. So the whole two eighty five we think about Atlanta like two eighty five with right. the circle around Atlanta. Yeah. Every all the economic growth is happening within the circle or directly on. So if you look at even where um the Battery Atlanta, which is technically it's weird because it's technically Atlanta, but it's also it's actually East Cobb, right? That right. is actually within the circle of 285. If you look at Dunwoody Perimeter and all the development they're doing there, you look at Shamley, that is actually either directly on or within 285. Mm-hmm. All of the economic development is happening th- within 285. And so, to your point, it's going north, south, east, and west to where people who are typically middle class, upper middle class is slowly starting to feel that pinch to where I got it. So, the real rush we're seeing right now is people who are buying condos and buying townhomes. Um, And the reason being is because those people, like I said, are feeling the pinch. They understand, like, all right, the rents keep going up on the rental side. I got to just, you know, I I know this is $500,000 now. 
I'll try to like I'll sell my cars. I'll like you know I'll cash out my four hundred one k early because I know if I don't get priced out, I'm out like literally out of the city limits. So what we're seeing right now on the real estate side is people are willing to even go into like debt, debt to get a to home. get a home now. Yeah. With the idea that the future is going to essentially price me out, and so that's happening on the north side of like like going towards two eighty five, but it's going to start happening within like the west, like not the west because they have a different set of problems, but like on the east side where you have like Decatur and like Dunwoody, mm-hmm. all those places that's within two eighty five, but mm-hmm. also like their own separate thing, um, and so that's happening right now. So like, so what's the, their expected like population growth? Okay, so that's a good question too, because that has that does a lot to do with them building, I guess I well, would think. Population growth, but okay, so that's there's two things. There's population growth and in migration. Okay. Developers are planning for both. Um, population, so Metro Atlanta, we have this thing, the Atlanta Regional Commission. I don't know if you guys have heard of them before. They're, mm-hmm. they're known as the ARC. So if you hear anybody in government or like big time developers say the ARC, they're talking about the Atlanta Regional Commission. They essentially give out the guidelines for anything related to Metro Atlanta. You don't have to do them, but think about them like the uh, best set of play calls. You like the NFL. So think about if Every great NFL play car was like, you know what? We base based on everything we've seen in, in the league this year, mm-hmm. Browns. This is the best thing you should run with. Falcons. This is the best. And like, they give it out for free to anyone who asks. The thing is, people pick and choose what they want out of it. But every year they do guidance. Their guidance says by twenty forty to twenty fifty, Metro Atlanta will probably Metro by twenty forty, Metro Atlanta will add two and a half million people. What's considered Metro Atlanta? That's a good question. So we have the five core counties, and then you have the eight supporting counties. So that makes thirteen. So the five core counties, like. DeKalb, Clayton, Fulton, Cobb, Gwinnett. Okay. There are eight additional counties right, that either feed into those counties, and so okay. that would make 13. But then some people say we should go as far as the ARC actually counts nine additional counties that support those okay. other eights, making and 22. And they all of that Metro Atlanta? Yeah. Good so God. Yeah. Oh, wow. I always like a tree. Metro anything inside of Bremen. Yeah. Some people, that's a good point, too. But the ARC officially defines the five main counties and any counties that either directly support or support feed into that county. So, again, the five main counties, and then those counties are supported as Metro Atlanta. So, Athens isn't – but you can do it right now. Like, we're starting to get news from Athens. Like, and Athens isn't technically Metro Atlanta. It's not even, like – Near it, really. Not even near, like, Gwinnett, for real. Even near a road trip. But it's like we're growing. So, what – the Gwinnett thing is a good – we'll see what's happening. It's not a road trip. I just caught that. It's like an hour and change. Yeah, it's 45 minutes. It's a trip, but (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Exactly, but so when the gentrification, so like that's the thing we're noticing too. So Gwinnett, we, if you want to, we can talk about mm-hmm. that as well. But we know all the economic growth is happening in the city, and so by some estimates, by twenty forty as well, the city of Atlanta's population will go. Right now, it's about a half a million, and that's really low. But that's due to like white flight for decades, people moving out of the city and not being in it, and the city right, but limits now moving back. Yeah, that's yeah. in my that's in migration, and that's not the same thing as like. Like uh, uh, overall population growth. Like if you move from DeKalb to Cobb, that's just like in migration from one county to another. That didn't change the population of Metro Atlanta. Out of the state and you come in. Yeah. So when they turn that two and a half million people, those are people who are not in the state of Georgia. Uh, So that's not the same thing. So like does the city know ahead of time like their zoning plans and all this stuff Mm -hmm. and like what they're going to be doing in 21, 2022, 2023? Yeah. So is there any way to get access to that? Yeah. The ARC website. Yeah, they, like they legit, <laughs> they legit, like they release so much stuff that like it's almost like going to college. Like they have so much information on the city, like, stuff that you wouldn't even be surprised by. Everything from the average age demographic of where you live at in the zip code, they could probably tell you more stuff about the, this place we're in right now than your apartment realtor could. Wow! So like they get all the good information and they give it to people for free. 
Um, it's just ARC.com. Yeah. This is, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> no, I was trying down. I was trying to like Google this information the other day. But I oh, thought yeah, it'd yeah. be good information to know. No, it is okay. most That's why I asked. But another good one too would be the Atlanta's uh Department of City Planning. So Atlanta's city department of city planning. But so here's the thing. Most people think Atlanta's population by twenty forty is gonna this is this is a wild swing, but you gotta understand why. People think it's either gonna be between six hundred and fifty thousand people or up to one point two million people. That's a big swing. Yeah, that that's, is one, a huge swing. that's not like ten or twenty. Like the reason being is because we don't fully know the effect of when those two and a half million people come to Atlanta, we don't know if they're gonna settle in Atlanta or if they're gonna settle in the metro, right? That's part of it. The other part of it is too is that if Atlanta doesn't develop dense, there's only a certain ceiling we can actually get to with our current state of development. So if we everybody in Atlanta still wants to have like a house with a because we're in the city, so a house with like a half an acre, you just can only get to like a certain number of people who live here unless you tear down those houses. And no developer wants to do that because that is wildly expensive to like remove a neighborhood. Right. So that's why we say it's such a big swing. Um, so what you're talking about about planning? So this is interesting. ARC gives guidelines. The city of Atlanta. Will also have a department of planning, but when the city of Atlanta gives, like the city of Atlanta department of planning is interesting because they're kind of like they're the standard. So whatever the city of Atlanta does, the standard, pretty much the rest of the metro follows suit. So they can give out also guidelines, but they have one of their guidelines is like we're going to go into affordable housing right now. So that's what Keisha Lance Bottoms. This is what she, this is what she did on city council. This is like now she's getting into it two years into her her term. The city of Atlanta has a billion dollar commitment to build affordable housing. That may not be enough, but yeah, I don't how think many, so. How many houses they got to build? That's the problem. Um, <laughs> and, that, and, then, and my other question is, like, do they have standards of what makes an affordable home? Like, yes. the features that, like, yeah, they'd have they to have a bare income. Oh. Yeah, no like, income. the certain features you'd have in your house. I don't think, if somebody's telling me they're building an affordable house, but they're putting granite countertops in it, I'm like, man, it's kind of crazy. Well, Georgia actually has a large granite deposit. I mean, we're in the Piedmont state, so we live. Right. The one thing we have is like granite. We could everybody in Georgia could so that would be granite. cheap for them. To that would actually well, be granite isn't the thing now. Now the thing is uh, whatever is fancy. I don't yeah, know. yeah, well, it's, I know it's, it's, it's oh, a yeah, new fancy, fancy thing. Yeah, that's what I, that's what it's a uh, quartz <laughs> or something like that. That's the new thing. Like, oh, we have quartz countertops. Oh, <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah, well, they get quartz absolutely not, but granite is like cheap, so everybody could yeah. probably get a granite countertop. Yeah. But I'm with you. All right, so here's the thing. Atlanta has this thing called I don't know if you guys heard it called AMI. Uh, annual median income. Yes. So here's the hustle on that. So in the city of Atlanta. I told y'all I'm smart. Now nah, keep going. No, no, no. So the city of Atlanta. <laughs> but to, to answer your question, the city of Atlanta's affordable housing thing is this. They're working with the Atlanta Housing Authority who has not developed any piece of affordable housing in 10 years. Like they are actually, what? by law, by law, they are required to build affordable housing most of the time before that. But what they have been doing instead of that was like giving people Section 8 vouchers. Like, oh, you can live wherever you want to live. And, and, like, for the most part, like, the Section 8 voucher is, like, backed by HUD, which is a federal program. So you could take a Section 8 voucher from Atlanta and go to, like, Utah if you wanted to. Because it's, a, I mean, it's, like, it's literally, like, federal. It's cash. It's one of the few guaranteed things outside of, like, a, a, a check from, the like, a money order. Like, it's guaranteed anywhere. So, like, it's, it's actually, like, certified money. Um, but they've been giving people Section 8 vouchers for the last 10 years. And that last housing director who was, like, really implementing that program and destroying most of the public housing, she's not there anymore. Um, so the new public housing, they went through a few people. The new public housing person is working with the current mayor. They're going to be building affordable housing units. The thing is, they're going to be rental properties, though, and they won't be homes. Uh, what do you mean by rental property? Just like rental, like apartments. Apartments, okay. So, yeah. They're going to be a lot more apartments with that billion. There will be some people who get homes, but those homes will probably not be single-family homes unless they're already in a neighborhood that already has single-family ha- homes in existence. So. Let's say you're in the neighborhood of Bankhead. Bankhead has a lot of like single-family homes, and you know there's also parts of Bankhead where you can see like three or four houses burnt out. 
the mm-hmm. city could go and say, all right, cool, we're going to build five new houses on this one particular lot. And the city, by that means that's one of the things they're doing. But they're not going to be like, we're going to tear down this Kroger and build something new, right? They're only working within existing pockets. But that the issue of that is that, like I told you, all the big developments going on, we forget that there's still people who are from <laughs> – who are living in Atlanta, who are tired of renting, who want to own a home now. So right. they move into Bankhead. And so now that house was 50000 now seventy. You know, so we so know yeah. the process. It's so $400,000 now. And so with the area media income thing, this is like the hustle about it, which is the city of Atlanta gives guidelines <laughs> on affordable housing. So this is the actual law. So whenever you see, and it only applies to two groups of things, which is apartments and any like rental unit. So like, let's say you revamp a property to be all rentals. or you see, I see a lot of people like who... Or like, I'm going to buy the block, I'm going to build apartments or whatever. If you're going to either build new or revamp apartments or something like that, you have to, by law, the city land, 10% of your units, at minimum 10% of your units have right. to be affordable based on area and median income. The hustle is, though, like, if you're building, like, that new 100, you know, seat apartment, like, you know, 100-unit apartment, 100-unit condominiums, you could also opt out for the, the rate of $195,000 per unit. You can just opt out and pay the city of land direct cash money to say, we're not doing affordable housing. Hold on, what, what did you say, 195? 195000 per unit. Oh, 195000 per unit. Yeah. Okay. But it has to be. And so the case of more, there's an actual place right now. So if you know where Georgia State is downtown, yes. um, and you know what Turner Field is, right? Yes. You know that's that one weird hotel that kind of stands up? Uh-huh. So right behind it is like this open spot of land. There's going to be a unit there that's going to be – I think it's going to be all, either all condominiums or all luxury apartments, but they have 100 units, so this is the easy math. They're going to have 100 units. None of them are going to be affordable. They came out of news recently and said, we're not doing affordable housing. We're going to pay the city the 19 and a half, I was $1.9 million like in direct cash. Here's your check. We're not doing affordable housing. So a developer could theoretically do that. And so you're going to see more development start doing that. And the city of Atlanta will bring in some money. But I mean, if you liquid, you could just give them the cash and then tack it, tack it on in the back end. Like, yeah, okay, it's a five hundred thousand dollar house. I could just add one ninety five to that. Yeah, and so that's what some of the apartments are doing too. But here's the real hustle. So let's say you, what's your name again? Drew. Okay, so Drew. <laughs> okay, and what's your name again? Oh, you forgot my name too. I listen. I, t- I talk to a hundred people a week. Like I get. I'm Antoine. Antoine. All right. Yeah. So so let's say Drew. Let's say you're gonna be my uh, developer, right? So you build a hundred units. You're gonna pay the one hundred ninety five thousand per unit. That's one point nine million dollars, right? right. You sell it to your buddy over here, and then Antoine. Antoine, got my name again. I, I see a hundred people a week. I'm sorry, <laughs> I right. Antoine, you Antoine, Antoine Dan, Drew, and Antoine. Shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, shit. All right, so so Drew, you sell it to Antoine. The moment you sell that unit to an Antoine, at that point, when you have it, you are not required to do affordable housing whatsoever. Oh. So that's the real hustle. So people keep saying like, why is one? And the other thing is, Atlanta's been building like. Over the last seven or eight years, Atlanta has built 90% of every unit, apartment unit built in Atlanta has been luxury apartments and luxury housing. And so when you do that, let's say again, let's say you're, you're the luxury man, you're selling it, right? You just tack on the price of whatever your affordable housing unit was to him and all of a sudden yeah. you out. Yeah. And right. so that's the real hustle. But now you got it and you don't, you can go after the clientele you wanted from the beginning because now you don't have that affordable housing user unit requirement. And so that's been like the hustle. So let me ask, is that just for apartments or that for houses as well? That's for apartments, condominiums. Okay. Townhomes. So that wouldn't apply. Houses don't even have an affordable housing requirement. So that's why, too, you'll see, this is, ooh, this is like the super part. All right, so you know how you see things that look like townhomes? Mm -hmm. And they're not, but they look super close together. But they're like, man, they look like townhomes. They're not. Those are detached single-family homes. Because if you do townhomes, you have to do that affordable housing requirement. But if you do detached single-family homes really close together, it could be a foot apart. 
Right. They're all single it's family homes now. It, yeah, it's a different quality. So they're not because yeah. yeah. So that's been like the one of the bigger hustles. Well, I got a question to uh, kind of wind down our, our, okay. our talk, but with your experience and knowledge on uh, architectural housing uh, and in the environment, things of that nature, where if someone's moving to Atlanta mm-hmm. or trying to buy a home in Atlanta, where there'd be a condo, single family home. Uh, duplex or uh, detached single family home mm-hmm. that we just discovered. Where would you tell top five place, three to five places that you would tell them to look? Uh, it depends on what they want in life. I, I completely understand. I'm saying for you, like okay, it's just so it's just quick. Not like this okay, is so an quick. actual. You get advice. like good value from yeah, the property. Okay. They yeah, resell. Yeah. Okay. While you're currently living there, be a great place. Uh, simple. Be on the west side. On the west side. Like okay. all the West, I'm talking about from the West End, South, like West End, Bankhead, the area that they're calling West Midtown, which is actually not. It's either Home Park or Blantown. And Blantown was the first place where black people settled in Atlanta, which is why we have so many black people on the West Side. Okay. Um, anything on the West Side from the area they call West Midtown, which is not a thing, all the way down to even. Believe it or not, like Metropolitan Avenue. Those are places that either are going to be places that. That's out in uh, East Point, ain't it? Well, part of the city, Atlanta, part of the East Point. Um, all those places right now, places where either if you buy a home now, provided again, provided no recession happens, but you that that home is going to increase in value. If you're on the west side, of particular that Bankhead corridor, that's where your money is going to be flipped at. Like period. If you're anywhere from the anywhere near the Bankhead corridor, your money is getting flipped. Because they're okay. building a new park over there or something, ain't they? They're building the yeah. Bellwood corridor, which is going to be the largest park in Metro Atlanta. It's going to be, lo- it's going to be two and a half times the size of Piedmont Park. Yeah. All right. Well, I definitely appreciate those yeah. uh, those uh, financial insights. Yeah. Those uh, comments from Andrew about Kaepernick. We appreciate him, even <laughs> though we disagree with him wholeheartedly. One more question before we go. Okay. We touched on it uh, briefly. Uh, you talked about the uh, expanding transit to the you know the Gwinnett area and mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Atlanta just need to do better with transit. Period. Um, Rumor, myth that I hear is that if they expand traffic, I mean, not traffic, if they expand transit, uh, the fear is it's going to bring crime into these areas. Yeah, so. I just want to know your thoughts on you that. You're going to give them a layup? No, man? no, no. It's, it's not a layup. <laughs> no, nah, you know, I got that uh, a lot. So that gets into the martyr referendum that failed this year, which yeah. will probably get passed anyway next year, but. But it failed several years. Like, it failed when I was in college. The, I can get into that. The reason why that <laughs> failed it, super quick is that um, racism. Straight up. But the other reason, too, when Stacey Abrams was running for governor last year, the two people on Gwinnett City Council who knew that it would pass because there's going to be a large Democratic turnout, a large young people turnout, large like people of color turnout, they pushed it to the March referendum because they thought that it would fail, and it did. The problem was, when they, even though they pushed it, they also got voted out. So to answer your earlier part about it, transit doesn't actually equal crime. What it does, though, is that it actually opens up job opportunities. So places that are typically, that have a lot of transit are typically places that do better economically and places that also have more opportunities for people. So we know every study that's come out about transit indicates the same thing. And crime actually goes down because it's just pretty basic. If more people have jobs, more people have places to go, places to get to, more places to do, more places to see and do. Um, We know that for sure that would help Gwinnett Gwinnett out a lot. Gwinnett will probably get transit. The issue going forward, though, is they had a pretty good transit deal the first time. I don't know what the transit deal the second time is going to look like. 
Um, it will probably be some version with the ATL. This is a whole other conversation about that. Mm-hmm. Um, Gwinnett will have to get transit more than Marta will have to get them. And so you're going to see, like, the leverage shift now. And so transit doesn't equal crime, even though people think it does, because the myth is that poor people, particularly poor black people, are going to come and steal something or rob something. And people commit crimes. They're not getting on the train to, like, go home and wait an hour to ride the bus back or the train back to get home. This is exactly what I tell my yeah. friends. I was like, I've never seen a 50-inch flash screen on a bus. And you won't. <laughs> the other thing, too, about, like, people forget about this, like, MARTA has their own police force. And, like, this is true as well. And truth be told, MARTA has, MARTA police have a higher arrest and conviction rate than any other police force in Metro Atlanta. Wow. I did not know that. Gyms. So, Jim's. <laughs> they're actually, they're much better at doing police work. I'm talking about everything from rape, murder, kidnapping, whatever. Sexual, like the modern police are much better because, again, they have a finite amount of sort. I mean, they have to be mobile and they're in a finite amount of space, but they're really, really good at their job. And so, if your crime and safety was your thing, you probably would want to have more police there because they have arresting power and they can stop a lot of things before they even happen, which is why Marta is more successful because, unlike the regular police, that's a whole other conversation. Police, <laughs> policing actually can only happen two things either you warn something. That po- warn something after it's done or you believe that something is going to intently do harm. They typically have to wait to something. Somebody's about to do something or something's already done before they get in there. Um, Martyr police, they're just proactive. Like, all right, cool. If we see somebody acting stupid, we're going to jump on it. So. Well, well, I definitely appreciate that. I was uh, trying to sit with my homeboy, Twan, that uh, I wanted him to end it, but I guess I'm going to end it because I was (laughs) chilling here with my uh, homeboy, Twan. Oh, man. Hey, we appreciate y'all listening again, man. Once again, uh, this podcast has been brought to you by 121 Dreams Productions, 121 Dreamers. On Instagram. And 121dreams.com. Yeah, most definitely. And uh, we definitely want to appreciate our homeboy, Drew, and King Williams stopping through, educating us on a lot of stuff. This was a very insightful and educational episode, uh, and this has been my Hold up. Before we do that, uh, my bad. I ain't mean to cut you off, man. My, I'm sorry. Oh, you good, man? King, I want you to shout out your Instagram and how people can reach you. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You said it briefly in the middle, but, you know, we want to make sure I we appreciate you for dedicate this time for your, uh, you know, shout out your credentials. Uh, so, if you want to reach out to me, um, at I am King Williams on Instagram. I am King Williams on Twitter. So, I am King Williams on any social media site for that, and I will check it if you message me. And you want to give out your... Uh, your Tinder profile ID? I don't have Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I got a lady, and she's all right. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, my no, bad. No, no, we're joking. No, no bumble? Yeah, no, yeah, nothing? Joking. Nah, joking, joking, no disrespect. Joking. We so, yeah. shout out, you know. You know I well, shout it. out to her then. Yeah, yeah, yeah shout, shout out to her. Most definitely. Appreciate it, man, you know. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, this Black has been no my home. Ever. This has been my homeboy's <laughs> podcast. Hey, man, this is my homeboy, Napoleon. This is my homeboy, Twan. And we out.